My name is Clay Clark. I'm a recovering DJ, and you are listening to the Creative Sheep Pick a Pick a Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Creative Sheep Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hogue, and I'm joined with my good friend, Roman Johnson, today. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. Uh, This is the show where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better, and we are glad that you are joining us for this. So glad that you're joining us. Uh, And as you know, we're able to do this podcast because of creativesheep.org. That's what this podcast is brought to you by. Uh, All of your church media needs, go check it out. Uh, We want to help you with that. We want to help communicate God's love through excellent content. So go check that out. And with our latest product released with our series packs, I believe we're up to 13 different series packs out there. If you enter the code podcast at checkout, you're going to get 50% off. Now, Jared, I'm no mathematician, but 50% is half, half off. That's absolutely right. And for a limited time only, if you enter the code podcast at checkout, you're going to get half off our series packs. So go check it out. It's pretty exciting stuff. Folks, let's get to today's one question. One question, one question, it's time for one question. So here's how one question works. We take one question and we answer it. It's pretty simple. Yeah, it's awesome. Today's question is, what do you do to stay sharp creatively? I'm going to go ahead and jump in on this one. Um, I'm actually, I've stolen a principle from Whitney George, the executive pastor of Church on the Move. Um, One thing he has talked about, even back when he was the arts director of the church, uh, is that it's always keeping your radar up, always being aware of what's going on around you, no matter where you are, whether movie, listening to a song, reading a book, listening to a podcast, always keeping a radar up and then taking that information and applying it. Um, and so for yeah. me, what that looks like, I, I read a lot of books, probably more so even listen to a lot of books, listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, and so my radar is just constantly up. And even if I'm watching a show or just hanging out with the family, I'm still looking um, and letting things just kind of run through. And, and it's always the question of how could I use this? And also, I, I, if I could jump in. Please second, do. Uh, I, I do the same thing. And, and a big question that I ask is when I see something that that makes me feel something, uh, or I like, I say, why do I like this? Why does it make me feel this way? And can I use this? That's so, awesome. Yeah. So it, for me, it's I, I do books, podcasts, uh, and then just my normal musings around the mm, day. Musings. It's a word I use a lot. Uh, <laughs> so, so what do you do? What is it that helps you stay sharp um, creatively, Roman? Yeah, a, a biggest, the, the, the biggest thing for me uh, to be able to get in a place to be creative is having a very strict schedule, weirdly enough. You would think, you know, creativity, it's loose and like mm-hmm. it can just free flow or whatever. But I, uh, I I have to wake up early and hit the gym and then read and do my study and then I can be creative. Like if I don't do those things in the morning, then my day's shot pretty much. Like my, my day's just off track and I just feel like I've done nothing that day if I don't start early with getting exercise in and, and getting reading in and, and getting in the word. So, yeah. yeah. So yours is a very strict routine. Very strict routine. Fair enough. Whatever works for you. And yeah. that's the answer to today's one question. Yep. Folks, you're in for a real treat today. We've got on the show a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, Clay Clark. Uh, for those of you that don't know who Clay is, uh, Clay is the former United States Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year. Yahoo Finance has called him the Jim Carrey of Entrepreneurs. He's the owner of nine businesses, father of five human kids, husband to one wife, owner of 25 chickens and a duck. 
He's the award-winning speaker and contributing writer for Entrepreneur Magazine, the business partner of former NBA Hall of Fame basketball player David Robinson, the Admiral, and founder of Thrive15.com. On a personal note, uh, Roman and I have both actually worked with Clay. Uh, I've known Clay now for about 10 years, and just being around him, is his energy is so electric. It is, yeah. Uh, we worked, uh, he started the company DJ Connection, Yeah. Um, and we were both DJs uh, for his company, DJ Connection, and the, the culture that he created at that company was just so fun yep. and it was and they, and they also just got stuff done and yep. and he's just super fun guy to be around uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's a great interview. It was it, we we the conversation was around goal setting, but so much more came out. The guy is just so full of information. It's like poking a sponge that's full of water and it just pours out. Mm. And Clay is just that way. You're gonna get some really great information here. Um, so without further ado, let's just get to it. My interview with Clay Clark. Clay, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I appreciate it, my friend. It's an honor to have you here. Wait, this is my show. <laughs> Boy, you're in my building. That's true. That's true. So, all right. For those of the, 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 the I'm, I apparently just can't talk. You've got me so flabbergasted right now. For those out there listening right now that may not know who Clay Clark is, uh, give us a little background. Um, basically, I was a guy who took algebra three times. Uh, I took my ACT uh, three times. It's going to go with that whole three theme, um, the whole triumvirate of non-success. Um, and then I went to Oral Roberts University, mm -hmm. and uh, while going to Oral Roberts University, I started a business out of my dorm room called DJ Connection, and uh, it basically was an entertainment company. So we did weddings and birthday parties and those sorts of things, and uh, the year before we sold it, we had grown it to where we did about 4,000 events a year, and then after selling that, uh, we transitioned into a multitude of businesses. And so today my wife and I are involved in a dentistry practice, you know, so if you want to get your teeth clean, we do that. You know, we're involved <laughs> in a, uh, a men's grooming, like a haircut business. Um, we uh, are involved in a, a photography business, a videography business. We're involved in an online education platform. And we have nine different companies that we're, in, we're involved in. And uh, that's what we do. And, and uh, we just uh, are blessed to be where we are right now. And I, I think that I've learned a lot about what not to do along the way. And I hope to pass that on to people who's... Uh, so you can kind of avoid the, the landmines of entrepreneurship. So in, in you saying that you're involved in all these different businesses, you're not actually taking photos at a wedding. You're not actually cutting hair at the hair salon or shooting the videos. That's not your involvement. Just to give you a real example, last week, I think we did for the photography business about $33,000 of gross revenue. Um, and I pay myself a percentage of that. So I think I uh, netted for myself, you know, about $1,600. And I um, worked for about 30 minutes last week in the business. Um, now, when I started it, I was working, you know, 40, 50. And when you start a business, I mean, it's unbelievably uh, intense. There's a lot of diligence, a lot of time, a lot of commitment, and you don't make any money. And sometimes if you sit around and you go, now, I've spent $52,000 and I don't think I've made anything yet. And it's going on half a year mm -hmm. and then a year and then a year and a half. And then once you finally refine the model and you have a scalable and duplicatable model that can work without you, then you're able to make that great amount uh, per hour. So now I think I've averaged it out where I'm now north of about $40 an hour. But that first year I was probably about negative, you know, uh, $100 per hour. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're, you're the one helping put the systems in place um, and kind of help run the show. If That's you will. what I do, my friend. Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, in, in family life, you're married. 
Yeah. How many kids? We have five kids, and we we have a total of a, we're going we're going for forty chickens. Now we started <laughs> off at forty two, and we reduced that number down to about uh, uh, twenty five. I say about definitely twenty five because there was a, either a a Koopa de Cabra or a, a a WCW wrestler, or there was a man bear pig that was eating them <laughs> at night. And we did not have a solid enough system to keep the chickens uh, from being abducted by this by this third party force. Yeah. And so now we have a steel reinforced wood concrete structure, and we have twenty five chickens that are maintaining complete homeostasis, <laughs> which is incredible. You're responsible for five other humans. Yeah. That is a lot of people. Yeah. We, we it keeps you busy, and also you know my uh, uh, father works with me. I had an opportunity to hire him. Uh, my 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 uh, mom works with me. Uh, my you know we have a lot of people in the family. So in yeah. total, there's about 11 people that I support, quote unquote. Yeah. And then there's about 200 employees with all the businesses that we have an equity piece. And you beat me to that question. So right now, you with the businesses that you help oversee, you have approximately 200 employees. Yeah, 200 people. Yeah. Okay, and you. A big thing that you're known for is systems. Yeah. You're real big on systems, yeah, and putting systems in place. And um, I know you're you're the author of several books, yeah. and and the content we're talking about today is from your latest book. Uh, I know you said you've got another one coming out soon, but the one that is your latest book right now, Thrive, yeah, uh, is the one that we're going to be talking about today. And folks, I would encourage you to go get these books. Uh, they're going to be super helpful for you. Uh, Thrive is his latest, and we're going to be talking about some of this here. Before we get to that, yeah. um, one thing I want to ask is uh, you oversee several businesses. You have a wife, five kids, <laughs> 25 chickens. Yeah. Uh, how do you manage your time with all of this? What is a what is a standard week, if there is such a thing, in the life of Clay Clark? What does that look like? I think that if we look at like today and then yesterday and the day before, that would probably be the best example. Sure. Um, but what I do is I set my alarm um, for five hours after I go to bed. So last night I was watching uh, Tom Brady with a fully inflated football um, <laughs> uh, beat the heck out. Anyway, but the point is he had, he had some success. Yep. And uh, so I went ahead. I mean, he just you know won, won a few Super Bowls. But the point is um, I went ahead and uh, uh, went to bed about 8.30. I wanted to go to bed at like 10, but I was like, you know, I need to go to bed at 8.30. So I set my alarm and I woke up this morning at 1.30. And at uh, 1.30, I took a shower, got all ready to go, came into the office. And what I did is I, I prepped for, for this interview, and I went through the financials for Epic. I went through the financials for the different businesses I have. And then I built a, a to-do list for my day. And I do this every day. And, and some people listening to this might be believers in a, a prayer time. Somebody listening to this might say, I don't, I don't really believe in that. You can call it meta time. Uh, Russell Simmons calls it meta time. But meta meaning above. You're thinking above or beyond where you currently are. So you're thinking about not where you are, but you're contrasting where you are versus where you want to be. And you're thinking proactively as opposed to reactively. And I find for me, I need about four hours a day to do that. Um, some people need an hour. Uh, Lee Cockerell, the master of time management, the guy who managed Walt Disney World, he talks about an hour a day. Mm. But whether it's quiet time or prayer time or meta time, you need that time. So I sit down, I, I plan out my day. And then after I plan out my day, I always listen to T.D. Jakes. Every single day, listen to T.D. Jakes. And for me, um, it's an encouraging thing where I, I get a little frustrated. You know, people steal stuff. U.S. Chamber says that 75% of the American... If you look, if you Google this, U.S. Chamber, CBS News, you can look this up. 75% of employees that they you know, anonymously surveyed stole something. Oh, wow. So you look at this, the, the, you know, it kind of can steal your joy. It can steal your time and your joy. And so I have to come back to center every morning. So again, I get up, I look at my day, contrast that where, where I am versus where I want to be. I sketch it all out. 
Then I begin to I, I make my to-do list. Then I listen to my TD Jakes. And then I, I begin working. And so today I work with a purpose because I know where I am right now. I know I'm supposed to be here with you right now and your listeners right now because I know if you're listening to this, it's not by accident. I know I'm supposed to be here with you and you deserve somebody who's prepared. So I, I know that and then I know what I'm going to do after this and I know what I can do in those little pockets. So if someone calls and cancels or somebody can't be here or someone's running late, I know what I'm going to do in each one of those pockets. And if you're going, gosh, this is, this is uh, helpful, but a lot, it's kind of disturbing. Lee Cockerell's book, Time Management Magic, basically explains the system that I do. Mm-hmm. And I learned it from uh, observing millionaires and many people who are, who are billionaires, actually. And I discovered they all basically manage their time in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. Man, that's incredible. Uh, so with all this going on and only sleeping five hours a night, yeah. how do you make sure to stay refreshed? All the businesses, yeah. big family, a lot of chickens. Yeah. How do you make sure to stay refreshed personally? Well, John Legend has a, a, an album where it's live at the United Center. Yeah. And he's got the orchestral. So it's it's like you listen to his songs, but it's with a, a symphony. And for whatever reason, for me, that's very therapeutic. Um, for me, I watch Rocky IV. Uh, uh, just a, a copious amount of viewings of Rocky IV have occurred. But I'm always, um, I, I'm very aware of how to motivate myself. Yeah. Because every day, I'm just being honest with you guys. I finished yesterday at like uh, 5.30. And I don't mind your listeners knowing this, but I had discovered that we found that somebody was taking uh, uh, money. They were, they were stealing. Oh, no. And when you invest in someone's life and you find they're taking that, you know, I make the call. And I call and I say, hey... There's been some money missing, not a ton, but a couple hundred dollars. I'm just curious if you know it. And I have them on camera. I have it recorded. I know. But I ask. And when someone lies to you, you know, I don't want to take that home and steal my joy and my family time. And so what I do is I go, uh, God, this is um, not, I can't handle this. So I have to give it to you because I don't have the mental capacity uh, to handle this. And I just trust that you can take this from me. And I literally said that prayer on the way home. And I come inside and I try to be mentally present with my kids. And we watched uh, Tom Brady and we have a great time. We watched, so we watched two hours of pre-Tom Brady talking about <laughs> Tom Brady and what who is Tom Brady and why we like Tom Brady. And then we watched the game for about an hour. Then we go to, you know, I went to bed after putting the kids down to bed. And then I, I come back today with not, a, I try not to allow even an ounce of bitterness to move into the next day. So what I have to do is I have to speak to one of the mountains. I can't think about it. I have to say it. So I'm driving. I'm like, I am thankful that I am over it. I am thankful that I have forgiveness. I am thankful I'm not upset about it. And so today when we finish this interview, I do have to pick up the call and let this person know that they're terminated. And, and that's, that's what's going to happen. So as an entrepreneur, if you're listening to this, you're going to have to do a podcast and then fire somebody. And then smoldering underneath that, you know, my dad is battling uh, heart problems. Mm-hmm. You know, he had stage four cancer and he's got congestive heart failure and his stents are having problems. And so underneath that, I need to call him at noon today and check on him. Yeah. And so that, but that's the world of business. There's never a perfect time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so absolutely. That's how it works. And so I would, I would tack on there. And I think you would agree with this is not only if you're an entrepreneur, but if you're a leader, if you're leading people, these are problems that you may have to deal with. If, it, if anyone's listening to this and you have an ambition to do more than just survive, whether you're a manager, you're an owner, maybe you just, you're, you're, you're the very entry level of a job. I remember I used to work at Target. You have to be able to manage your emotions. And we talk about the human beings at 75% water, 25%, you know. So you look at a human, you don't think 75% water. Mm-hmm. I would argue that success is 75% managing your emotions and 25% what to do. 
Wow. And so I'm really, really into making sure that I manage my own emotional state, which is why I love your question. And so every day, though, I'm not even kidding. Every single day, I listen to T.D. Jakes. I plan out my day. And by the time I've started my day, quote unquote, I am so white hot. I'm so pumped. I'm so ready to go that I'm never down. I was down when I woke up, but I worked my way up. And that's just how I have to do it. And I have yeah. to come back to that every day, the same routine. Man, that's that's good stuff. This is one. This is a question that actually wasn't on the docket. Oh boy! Um, so you can shoot me down if you want here. But one thing I've known about you, and I've known you for man a lot of years now, probably yeah. going on ten at this point. Oh yeah, you're an insanely self aware dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, can you speak to why that's? Because there's so many people out there. American Idol is case in point of mm. this of people not being aware of their the state that they're actually in. But the one thing I've always known and respected about you is you are just insanely self-aware and you don't care when people want to push back or give well, feedback in areas. Let me get really uncomfortable with everyone listening for a second. It's very uncomfortable <laughs> getting closer to the microphone. So it's very, but here's the thing is, um, you know, when, when you have five kids, uh, we decided to start this, this company, uh, thrive15.com and Dr. Zellner, which I want to stop you right there. People listening, you need to go to the site. Say it again. Uh, Thrive15.com. This is, this. I'm telling you, this will revolutionize the way you lead. This will revolutionize the way you manage your time. It, it, is, an, it is an entrepreneurial educational site, but I'm telling you, as a leader, this place will help you so, so much. Go check it out. It is worth the investment. It is. It, is, it pales in comparison to any other education that you can find. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, right. I want to I share this because I think it's important for your listeners to know. I had um, a, a neurologist, and then I had a lady named uh, Kat Barbie. Your listeners maybe know her. It's barbiecookies.com. And there's just two examples. And they come to me. They pay me a set fee. When they pay me a set fee, I teach them how to grow their business. Their business grows. Well, Kat's like, tripled her business. Kat's the owner of Barbie Cookies. Wow. She's tripled the company, the neurologist. My wife is like, honey, we could mentor millions of people if we would just focus the time and energy needed to build the platform. We could do it. And I'm like, yeah, that would take like uh, $6 million. You know? And she's like, I know, we can do it. And it's just like, Thank you for the. What happens is though <laughs> is that when you when you go, my wife and I have been blessed. So we were able to to fund the first few rounds ourselves and get the thing going. And but what happens is is I have to go. You know what? Spirit, mind, body, relationships, finances. Let's think about being self aware. Spirit, mind, body, relationships, finances. Let's do a scorecard. Let's rate ourselves on a scale of one to ten. Spirit, mind, body, relationships, finances. So I look at it and I was going, you know, spiritually I'm feeling really really good right now. Uh, physically, I was working out a lot. I was in a really good spot there. Uh, mentally, you know, I, I'm feeling sharp as a tack. Uh, you know, I'm feeling all these different areas. I'm feeling good. But in order to grow this, something has to give. Something has to give. I mean, you can't, it has to be a trade off. Yeah. And so I decided, I'm like, I'm going to take really the next year and I'm going to wake up every day at 3 a.m. and write content. Wow. Before nine. So from three to nine, I've, I've done this for like two years. Well, if you're doing that, you probably can't get your workouts in. So, like, I am very self-aware. The consequence of that is I'm going to gain some weight, you know? So right now, if the winter comes, I'm going to be around for a couple months longer than you. <laughs> I'm going to I'm just going to have a little more... There's a little extra insulation. Yeah, I've got, I can just... You know, my body can eat itself and I can survive. That's the deal. So I'm, I'm just saying this. I can do that. But the, the thing is, is that I am aware of that. I'm yeah. not like going, well, I, that's why I know it's okay. Does the, does the picture make me look bigger? I know I'm bigger because I haven't been physically moving. My mind has been moving. <laughs> now, the thing is, is that I can tell you, I've read literally this year 
hundreds of books, like an insane, like we're whoa, talking whoa, hundreds. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. It is September. I don't even know what today is. September. Thanks. Ra- DJ Raven is mm-hmm. over here uh, running. Uh, he's producing this thing for us right now. Uh, <clears throat> September 11th. Never forget, by the way. Uh, you just said as of September 11th, 2015, mm-hmm. you have read hundreds of books this year. Yeah. In the last 12 months, I've probably read maybe almost uh, 200 books. Probably. While... Running all these companies, well, the, wife, five kids, it's 25 not chickens. It's not, don't do it to yourself. What happens is, you know, I'm interviewing this guy, David Nielsen. Yeah. He's funded $4 billion of small businesses. Wow. He's called Guidant Financial, and he's one of our mentors on Thrive15.com. Yeah. And he's talking about 401k rollovers. Well, it'd be awesome if I knew what a 401k rollover was. <laughs> so I need to like read his book previous to interviewing him. Yeah. And that's one guy. Yeah. Well, the next day I'm interviewing Lee Cockrell. And I got to read his three books yep. to probably know about him. Yep. And then I got to enter, and it just goes on and on. So pretty soon you're like, I just read five books this week. That's not good. But all I'm saying is if you're listening to this, we've got to be self-aware. Yep. So if you run a company or you're a manager, just being honest with yourself. Look at, just think about this for a second. Think about if you're, let's just say you're a manager or you're a leader of some kind. If you're a leader of some kind, okay? There's three core skills every leader has to have. And I mean this sincerely. Everyone on your team has to know their why. Why? They have to know why are we doing this? They have to know. Simon Sinek has written a book about this. You have to know why. Why are we doing this? And everyone on your team has to know what is their goal? Why are they in, why, why are they alive? Every member of your team has to know why they are alive and they have to know why your company's doing this. Mm-hmm. Why? The second is they have to know their KPI. That's their key performance indicators. Everyone on your team has to know what specific things they have to do every day. Their key performance indicators. Do they have to pass out this many brochures, make this many calls, file this many invoices? What are their key performance indicators? And the final thing is everyone needs to know what they need to learn to earn the promotion or to earn the next job or to earn more money or to earn uh, a public acknowledgement or praise or whatever. Everyone has to know their why, their KPI, and what they need to learn to earn. Everyone needs to know that. So if you're listening to this right now and you're in some position of leadership and you're going, I don't think anyone in my church knows why we're doing this. I don't think anyone in my bakery knows why we're doing this. I don't think anyone in my company knows why we're doing Maybe we need to be self-aware of that. And the problem was when I started my companies, Jared, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. And I thought I was awesome. <laughs> I was dressed up like, and I'm just being, just to set the tone here. Imagine a man pulls up next to you in a Mazda MPV. That's what I'm about, a maroon van, about 170,000 miles on it, some rust <laughs> underneath it. And you hear this, and I'm inside going, Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yam, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take it away. And I got like the Method Man <laughs> remix. Woo! I came to bring the pain, and I'm just like, and I'm, and then I get out of my, I get out of my van, I get out of my van, I walk into a Panera Bread. I've got a Wu Tang sh- Clan shirt on. I've got a large silver medallion with a money sign, right? Huge hoop earrings, lugs. Got to keep it real. Of course. Got to wear the lugs. Yeah. Got my lugs on. I've got my huge oversized pants, huge oversized. And I walk in and you're wanting to book your wedding or your corporate event. And you're like, hi, are you Clay Clark? And I'm like, oh, yeah. With a female, no less. It's bad. <laughs> so, And I'm meeting people. Now, I, now, the one part of my story that's dishonest, and we always need to be honest, the part that was dishonest is I wasn't advanced enough to meet you at Panera. I was meeting you at McDonald's. Yeah. I would suggest a couple's meet me at McDonald's. And Clifton Talbert, who is a man, T-A-U-L-B-E-R-T, Talbert, Clifton Talbert is a man who was not allowed to go into banks 
because he grew up during the time of segregation and he was African-American. And he went on to start a bank. And I met with Clifton one time. I kept calling him because I figured if I could study successful people, maybe I could become successful. And Clifton said, I was denied, you know, because of the color of my skin. You're mm. being, people had a prejudice because of the color of my skin. You're being denied access to the table of success because of the content of either your character or the way you're gift wrapping yourself, the way you're presenting mm. yourself. You have to dress the way you want to be addressed. And I was like, Whatever, dog. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever, bro. Whatever, Brodini. And I ended up working at the... I, I'm not kidding. I DJed for the... The only events I could book was the Yucatan liquor stand at 75th and Memorial. I'm oh, there wow. all the time. And I'm getting that in the Club Millennium and Cronies. And I'm basically DJing for clubbers. And I'm not getting success. People won't talk to me. I don't know how I tricked my wife into marrying me. But I was an idiot. <laughs> And now, and I realized once Clifton taught me that, I'm like, wow, I need to invest in a mirror. Mm. And then once I started looking, I'm going, what am I doing? And now it's like funny, but at the time it was sad because I literally couldn't afford air conditioning because I wasn't aware of how I looked. I wasn't aware of how I talked. I wasn't aware of what I was reading. I, I remember, Jared, specifically telling, I was told by my boss, Jeremy Thorne, he says, you need to read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, I don't have time. I, 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 I ain't got time for that. I, remember, I didn't have time. I remember that. Yeah. And then, but I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I remember though, specifically at that time in my life, I was getting into like um, studying rap lyrics. Mm -hmm. So if you remember the Notorious B.I.G., I'm sure you don't because your listeners are better people. We don't listen to Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> but he has this line and he says, 50 inch green money, uh, 50 inch screen money, green leather, leather sofa. I got to, he talks about this, he says, I remember going, 50-inch screen, money green leather sofa. He's talking about a couch that's green, you know? I remember going, that is awesome. I remember studying rap lyrics and trying to figure out what they meant. Yeah. And I remember that I was devoting time to figuring out, like, what his, you know, analogies meant. Yeah. And I remember being so proud of myself that I knew what the rap lyrics were. Yeah. And I had no time to study thinking about it. Yeah. So I would just say, if you're listening right now, you've got to be self-aware. Yeah. You got to do it. That's a big deal. Uh, and the scorecard that you referenced just a moment ago, yeah. the, the the five checkpoints or six checkpoints you yeah. just talked about, that's actually in your your latest book, Thrive, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Y yeah. So you can go take this test on your own and figure out where you stand in these areas. Do it. Be self-aware. That's absolutely right. Okay, so le let's actually get to the conversation um, of what we're here to talk about today, which sure. is goal setting. Yeah. Um, and this is something I've always been impressed by you. I've seen, I remember back in the earlier DJ connection days, uh, you having just a poster board uh, sitting on your desk with these goals in front of you constantly. Oh yeah. Where you were seeing them nonstop. Yeah. Um, and you wrote about goal setting in your in this book, Thrive, uh, that whenever you're setting goals to think smart, and smart is an acronym, yeah. um, which this actually goes along great. I was at a Catalyst one day just a few weeks ago with Andy Stanley and Craig Rochelle. Um, and one of the things Craig was talking about was goal setting. He described it as S bags. A lot of people talk about having big, hairy, audacious goals. He talks about having S bags, short, but achievable goals. Mm. And I thought that went well, along so well with your book and what yeah. you're talking about here. It, it's incredible. So let's, let's walk through these and we're going to pick them apart, uh, one by one. So let's, let's just do it. Let's get crazy. <laughs> So let's just start here with, uh, uh, first off, the S in SMART is, stands for specific. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, and to keep it short here for you, what's going to happen is you're going to have a big goal, a huge goal. You have a mountain you want to climb. You want to start a successful business. You want to be a successful leader. Yeah. You want to be successful, but you have to break it down into the small steps. So example, 
if I want to climb a mountain, I have to take one step, two step, probably 24,000 steps, 36,000 yep. steps. And I do it for maybe a day or two and I get to the top. Yep. Um, you, no one just jumps to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. The problem is it's so easy to sell you, not you as a listener, but sell someone else. It's so easy to sell, not you, other people, to sell you that in five minutes you can get awesome thighs. Five minutes, just get awesome thighs in five minutes. In like an hour, you can become super <laughs> successful working from your laptop, an hour a day, make millions, you know, and you're you're past that time you've eaten so many like reheatable quick trip burritos and it's like 3 a.m. and you're like, I could probably do that. And so you sign up for the million dollar get rich quick seminar and now you find yourself going to some seminar and the seminars are healthy, some of them are, but the thing is, is that you, if you're wanting to skip over the specific details. So today specifically, I have one client I'm working with and she has a dream of being a very successful realtor. Mm -hmm. She has sold $7 million of properties this year. Awesome. Wow. So in the last 12 months, $7 million of property. That's so exciting for her. You know, you make a commission on all that stuff. But when we started, it's like, okay, how do you get your license? And then, you know, what are the things you need to study? Then after you get your license, then what do you need to do? Well, you need to get this LLC. You need to have your minutes. You need to have a certificate of incorporation. You need to have your insurance. You need to have your, and there's a list of probably 45, 50 things. I mean, it's, it's a full page spreadsheet of all the steps. Yeah. And every day, those small S bags, she's got to break those down in those small steps. Yeah. And, and it's discouraging if you don't know where you're going. Yep. But if you know where you're going, it's no problem. You just a little bit every day. Yeah. And a year later, you're a totally different person. It works in all areas, but just break it down to the smallest steps possible. Whatever your big goal is, break it into the smallest, most specific step possible. Yeah. I remember sitting in on a meeting with you a while back. Uh, you do a Monday morning meeting with, yeah. with your businesses every week, um, which is incredible. It's incredibly motivating, super practical stuff. Hey, this is what we're going to do this week, getting everybody fired up for the yeah. week. Um but one of the things you talked about, and I, I keep thinking it came from the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's that people oftentimes, they want to lose weight. They want to do this. They yeah. want to become super successful. And so they think they've got to do that overnight. Yeah. But the principle talked about is what if this week, rather than trying to be 50% better, what if you were just 1% better? Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this right now. I'm trying to build this dojo. I'm calling it my dojo of mojo. I'm not even kidding. It's like an actual, I'll invite you out to it once it's done, but I'm trying to build this dojo of mojo. And I bought this property that it's like totally surrounded by woods, but I keep seeing a neighbor. I don't want to see a neighbor. Yeah. I want to be totally, you know, I'm pretty isolated, but I, I still see him. So I'm planting pine trees everywhere and I'm building up a berm. I'm in the process. I mean, just, it's really, I'm getting off the grid, man. Getting off the grid, man. <laughs> you know, my guns and all my gold and right there and just kind of don't need people. You know? But anyway, the thing is, I'm really trying to do that. What I'm saying is my dojo of mojo, like I have a vision of what I want. And this is I, your home that you're talking about. I have a now an unattached building that we're adding on. Mm -hmm. And then I'm turning a garage. I'm, I mean, I'm adding on a lot of stuff into this thing. But I walk in. I want it to be surrounded. I want to be enveloped by barnwood, which is, um, the, the design is very similar to Elephant in the Room, one of the companies that I'm involved in. But I'm, I'm, I want to be enveloped by barnwood and I want logos of famous companies that I admire and pictures of people who are greater than myself around me with all their quotes. I've done that in my office, mm -hmm. but I know what I want. And then in my, and in my man cave, I literally want a cave decor, like mm -hmm. just cave, and I'm putting a pool table in there. So I have a thing to marinate on. I got this whole vision. So, I mean, last weekend, it's not exciting. You know, I'm in there and I'm ripping stuff off the walls and I'm knocking stuff out and I'm doing things I can do because I'm not a very talented craftsman and I'm going to hire a guy to do the other stuff. But it is very specific. Yeah. 
And it's laborious and it's not exciting, but I know what I'm doing, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing we got to do. So you just got to break it down to those specific, detailed, probably not exciting, small steps to get to the big goals. So be specific. Next thing in SMART is measurable. Mm -hmm. Measurable is big because you got to break it down into it. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. If you don't know, uh, you know, so example, if you're a sales guy and you want to say, I'll make 100 calls a day and I want to set two appointments a day and close one. If you know that, then if you set one appointment for the day, you go, you know, I could probably do better. And if you set five, you go, wow, I'm doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. And you can begin to measure that. And if you're playing a sport, how many people want to watch? A, my kid is, my kids, uh, my son played hockey last year. I don't yeah. know what the deal is, but the Junior Oilers hockey program is awesome. But other programs are weird. You go out there and you're like in this weird town in the middle of nowhere and you're playing. And one, one league doesn't keep score. Which is ridiculous. They're like, well, we just don't want to hurt the kids' feelings. We want everyone to feel special. And, you know, people, we want all of our kids to feel equally unimportant. But the thing is, all the kids are <laughs> skating around and no one is keeping score. And my son's like, that's my navel. Look at my navel. Look at the people. Hey, mom. Because we're not keeping score. Yeah. He's like, when are we going to get some Gatorade? You know, and we're just, we're just having a good old time. No one cares. Parents are on their cell phones. They're walking around. They're getting, you know, soft pretzels. Now we go to a tournament that we had that was in Tulsa. And these guys keep score. Yeah. Dude, it's the end of the third period, and it's eight eight-year-olds. No one's wagering money, hopefully, you know. But we're <laughs> like, come on, you guys could do it, because it's three to two, and we want to, come on. And then these guys scores, and we tie the game. And we're going, oh, but it's measurable, so we care. Yeah. Down to the wire. Yeah. We're, our fri- your Friday matters when you're measurable. Yeah. You know what you got to get done before the weekend. Yeah. If it's not measurable, you're like, let's leave early. Let's go to lunch. So you got to break it down. You got to get serious about your life. Because no one cares as much as you. No one. Now, the Trinity cares. I believe that God cares more than you do. But outside of that, on the planet Earth, you've got to be able to kick your own butt. You've got to be able to do it. Yep, yep. Uh, man, golly, there's so much just pouring out right now. The kick your own butt, that's something I heard you say a long time ago. I don't know if that was an Oprah thing or Michael Jordan. or I, I know you've tied it back to all these people. Uh, but good grief. That We'll move on. Uh, next up, action-oriented. Yeah. The thing about it is that we have a bias in education to be knowledge orientated, but not action oriented, which is bizarre. Right. So you go to a class and the teacher's like, well, you know, the key to the Mesopotamian empire was what they were able to do was the Tigris and the Euphrates. They were joined together and there was very fertile land. The silt would pour in and it would, it would create this, there was the reeds. Now they used the reeds to ride on. And papyrus was their form, and cuneiform was how they did it. And you're going, blah, 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 blah. who gives, you know, and you're just thinking, who gives, blah, blah, blah. I just want to slap myself with, a, blah, blah, blah. I just want to shoot myself with, blah, blah, blah. and you're just like wanting to get out of there. And you're mentally going to a, to a, to a Hades in your mind. You're just like, I want to leave. I hate this class so much. And then they go, Clay, um, what are your thoughts? And I'm like, ah, uh, I love Tigris because it's important, you know, for people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what we do, right? That's not what we do. That's, that's college for everyone. We get a book. We read the first chapter. We read the last chapter. Yeah. And then the teacher calls on you and you're a professor and you're like, yeah, you know, that's why good to great was good because everyone needs to be good and great. You know, they need to move to great. Right. I mean, that's how it is. And people are dumber for having heard you talk. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so what happens is action orientated is where you go, who gives a crap? What do we need to do? Right. So as an example, I was talking to a guy yesterday and he came in and he goes, I've got a really great way we can expand our Dallas office. And he comes in and he understands the system. And Eric Herman, if you're listening, I ain't mad at you. I'm excited for you. He comes in and he says, this is what we need to do. 
Okay. Oh, you talk to me all day about what we need to do. What do we need to do again? He goes, step one, we need to pay for a preferred listing on this website. Step two, we need to dial in our retargeting ads. Step three, we need to send brides a testimonial as an autoresponder email when they inquire. Oh. That's what we need to do. Yeah. That should improve the sales, in my mind, by at least 10%. And I'm going, oh, is that an angel? No, that's Eric Harman. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's incredible. So, okay. So, so far, be specific, make it measurable, be action oriented. Uh, next up is the R in smart, uh, be relevant. Well, relevant is a deal where I, I see this and that's why I, I am so honored um, to be able to, I'm so glad they haven't kicked me out yet. But when I go to Church <laughs> on the Move, uh, I was introduced to that, I think by by yourself and, and, and then Braxton Fears and different people. And I, I didn't want to go to church. I, I hated church. And I wasn't a Christian until my son was healed. So I, I don't want to rabbit trail on that, but I, I didn't really follow... Uh, Christ and I, I still we can't just jump over that. We got to just give the Cliff Notes version. So you were far from God, had a really bad experience in college. Your best friend died in a terrible car accident. You had a really hard time at 19 years old understanding why God could let this happen, which any 19 year old would would find themselves in that same boat. Yeah. Um, so you go years without really believing in God, right? I did not believe in God. That's true. I married a woman who did, um, and I my son's uh, blindness uh, occurred. He was born blind, and I just prayed, you know, God, if you'll uh, heal my son, I'll start going to church. And uh, uh, I didn't really believe it was possible. I got George Foreman's book called God in My Corner, which talks about a miracle that affected his life yep. and caused him. He actually prayed for his nephew who was in a coma, and he said the same thing. And God healed his nephew, and he was like, he had never gone to church. He'd never been, and now he's a pastor. Wow. So, I mean, I, and so I went to church, you know, like a good trooper. I'm like, I promised I would. I'm there. So I'm sitting there at a church. I won't name the church, but I was bored out of my gourd. And the pastor's getting up going, now, one of the things we got to look at as part of the postmodern, you know, church is yeah. blah, 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 blah. And he talks like the blah, 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 postmodern. And then next week, we're going to be talking about seven ways that the Holy Spirit manifests his self in ways we can't see. And I'm going, I don't know what that is, who you are, why I'm here, and I'm just going. Now, when I went to church on the move, I heard Pastor George, he had this talk about diligence. And he had this talk, he's talking about hauling hay. And you probably remember that. Oh, yeah. But he's hauling hay and he's talking about how you stack the hay and you haul the hay and if you put the hay in just right and you work and it's the constant application of effort. And if you are, if you constantly apply effort day after day after day, then Proverbs says that God blesses the hand of the diligent and punishes the hand of the slackered. And he had the scripture and I left going, I'm a hay hauler. I get it now. I have to be diligent. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And I left with an understanding I need to do something. But he was yeah. so good about making it relevant. I didn't understand the analogies of sowing seeds. I, I wasn't a farmer. I wasn't. I didn't grow up in the agricultural. You know. But I. I but he made those re references real and relevant. And what happens is when you read these books, when you listen to this podcast today, you got to think about how does this relate to my life and how can I apply it. Because Thomas Edison says that vision without execution is hallucination. He says that knowledge without application is meaningless. We can go on and on, but the point is if it doesn't apply to you, it doesn't matter. So you need to be thinking about the book you're reading, the podcast you're listening to, and how does that relate to your life, and how can you implement those action items to in, in, in a measurable way that will change your life. And scripture even talks about don't just be a hearer of the word, but do it. Do what it says, which applies to this. So with, uh, let's see, so one thing in your book, Thrive, that you talk about, and going back to the Notorious B.I.G. and knowing the lyrics and all of that, is you came to a point where it was, this This stuff doesn't matter. 
And so you cut through the clutter, you cut away the fat, and you started pursuing things that mattered, that yeah. were relevant. Well, let's listen. If, right now, if you're listening to this, I want to I want to give you a, just a 30 day challenge. I give you 30 days. I, I just I would encourage you to do this. And you you know you could do it um, uh, through our our site thrive15.com, or you could do it through um, another a variety of ways. But I'm going to give you kind of two ways. So we'll go either a thrive15.com or b do it your own way. Dave Ramsey does his study and he finds that 88%, it's on his website, 88% of millionaires study 30 minutes a day of you know, success, 30 minutes a day. Uh, or 2% of the general population does this, which is crazy when wow. you look that up. But what happens is your subconscious mind is working even when your mind is not actively working. Yeah. So if you will turn off 106 point whatever, turn off your fresh jams, turn off your whatever, turn off music that's talking about um, promiscuity, talking about drugs, talking about alcohol, talking about drama, talking about suicide, and you'll push that out and then you'll push in Think and Grow Rich, 21 Laws of Leadership, John Maxwell, the, the, the this podcast, your Thrive 15. And if you'll put that in, what'll happen is you'll begin to thinking, you'll begin to, th- to, to, to think higher thoughts. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking about how things can't happen, you'll begin to think about how things can happen. Mm-hmm. And if you'll do it just for 30 days, I'm telling you, turn off the radio and just every time you're driving, turn that into your library time or turn it into your thrive time, turn it into your mindset time. It's unbelievable. I literally am in the shower and I'll be in the shower and just, I've got, I'm fully closed, don't, 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 fully clothed. don't worry about the visual here, but I'm in the shower and I remember just two days ago, I'm in the shower, you know, remember the, the, the visual, I'm fully clothed and so don't worry about it, don't, no, don't, no visuals, but I'm in the shower and I remember I go, that's it. I, and I can't, I wrote it down immediately, I got a shower, I write it down and I came to the office and I solved a massive problem. Well, why? Because the mind is what the mind is fed and I'm feeding myself positive thoughts before I go to bed, before, yeah. I, you know, before I get going all the time. And my, my subconscious mind helped me solve it. So I would just encourage you guys, if you're listening to this, just really, really feed your mind positive things on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, so then the next thing here, the final, the, the T in SMART is yeah. make them time limited. Yeah, well, uh, uh, Napoleon Hill says that a goal is a dream with a deadline. You know, a goal with a, is a dream with a deadline. Um, if you listen to, if you look at Michael Jordan today or you look at Kobe Bryant, uh, it's phenomenal how this works. But one of the guys I mentor, his name is Phil Pressey, and he is a uh, point guard on the Portland Trailblazers. He played two years for the Boston Celtics. His father's a coach for the LA Lakers. And uh, Paul Pressey is his dad's name. But Phil and I talk every week, and Phil has dedicated himself to making 300 shots before anyone gets to the gym every day. Wow. And the other day he practiced. He went down to San Diego. They took the Trailblazers down there. He practices with these guys in a little summer league game. And the coaches are pulling him aside going, you're hitting everything. Like, your, your shot is not broken. This is amazing. I mean, yeah. here's a guy who struggled with his shot, and he's shooting this next level. And he's like, what, what are you doing? You know, what are you? And he's like, well, every day I just hit 300 shots every day before the day starts. And he's like in unbelievable shape because he's committed himself to doing time-limited goals. Yeah. He says, every day, 24 hours, I'm going to make 300 shots before practice starts. Everyone else has to do practice. But before practice, he's doing that. Yeah. And then he's going to make sure that he, he reads every day success books. He's working out. And he's, he's a whole different guy. Wow. And his whole life has changed because he's been diligent about having a specific, measurable, action-orientated, relevant, time-limited goal. And so whether you're playing sports like Phil, but he literally is doing 
great. I mean, he's just and the, the, for for a coach to pull a guy who's kind of last man on the team. Yeah, you know, he played at Missouri. His team was almost undefeated that year. They lost one game, but they were. He's a very good player. But for Phil to go from a guy who's kind of the last guy on the team yeah. to a guy where the coaches are like, "What are you doing? You're like a different guy." That's how you do it. So if you're in business and leadership, you need to think today, what are your specific, measurable, action-oriented, relevant, and time-limited goals? And I recommend you set goals that are daily. Mm. And I hadn't heard about these S-bags, is that right? Yep. I hadn't heard about that before um, because I've been wasting all my time reading books and not paying attention to Craig Rochelle. But what I'm telling you <laughs> is, is that you have to have, uh, you, you, you have, have time-limited goals. And I, I recommend you break them into daily. And if you want to get even more successful, break them into hourly. I've never heard that before. Yeah, the, the, if you break it down, if you go to hourly, yeah, now you got to, now you're busy. Yep. You know, I'm going to make two calls an hour, five calls an hour. I'm going to make, I'm going to get this done before noon. I'm going to get this done before I go to bed. I mean, break it. The, the more specific and detailed and time detail there, the better. But if you say stuff like, "I want to be a good dad," you know, I just want to be a good dad, and I want to be a good American. Want to be a good, you know, good financial person and good dad and be successful. What does that mean? I mean, it doesn't even mean anything. I used to say those things. Yeah. But I'll tell you this: as being a good dad, put a time limit on it. I, I'm telling you, that's what I do as a dad right now. I go, I'm going to take my daughter Havana. I'm going to take her out to Target. I'm going to buy her a wrap, and I'm going to go there and let her buy a little little dress for herself. And then we're going to talk about life, and we're going to talk about raising chickens. And then I'm going to take Aubrey and we're going to go and we're going to sit down at Einstein's bagels and we're going to talk um, specifically about measurable goals and about honoring his sisters. And then we're going to sit down with the twins and I, I bought, I schedule up an appointment for it. I put it on the calendar and wow. I schedule what we're going to talk about. Wow. And it, I'm, when it's specific, it's amazing because then my daughter Havana comes back and she goes, dad, thank you so much for working with me on my art project. And she's becoming a very good artist. Yeah. And it's not by luck. It's because we're scheduling time for her to do art with myself. She has a vocal lesson who teaches her music. She has a piano teacher. She has, that's why they're good. We homeschool them. And people are like, how is it possible you find time? We schedule specific, measurable, action-oriented, relevant, time-limited things for our kids. And that's what happens. Man, that's good stuff. Uh, one more question, then this is kind of off the the goal thing. Oh, man. Is being around you uh, and knowing how important culture is in your companies. Yeah. Um, and I, I specifically remember uh, working in the DJ offices, uh, doing the, the phone calls. And one morning, we were off to a, just a terrible start. Um, and you shut everything down right then. Everybody stood up. Um, and you had us get up on chairs and do trust falls Yeah, from the chair, not looking, you fall backwards <laughs> into other people's yeah. arms, hoping that they're going to catch you. Right. Um, why has this been such a big deal to you? Well, like, you make such an investment in this and it's not just, I mean, I look around the office we're sitting, we're at one of your offices right now. It's beautiful. Um, you've taken the time to make it look good, but it's not just this. It's so far beyond just the look of stuff like I can't tell if it's just you, like this is just who you are, or well, this is something you've okay. been intentional about. I'm going to break everyone's mind. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. So Daniel Goleman, Daniel Goleman wrote this book called Emotional Intelligence. And I dare you, I dare you to read that book because it will break your mind. I, if you read it, you'll go, oh no, oh no, I, I get it now. What he talks about is that if you have a ton of skills, let's say you're a great coder, you're a great videographer, you're a great... Um, uh, uh, teacher of the word. You're a great uh, anything. You're a great archaeologist. You're a great pilot. The problem is, if you don't understand emotional intelligence, 
you'll never get ahead. You'll, you'll have no success. So we, as a culture, we put a ton of bias on IQ. The IQ, that's the, the, that's the intelligence quotient. So what it is, is it's the amount of intelligence you have relative to your age. So in theory, if you score the same as you get older, you got dumber. Just throwing that out there. But your <laughs> IQ, that's how that works. But then the next thing no one talks about is your EQ. Okay, so it's your emotional quotient. Okay, it's your emotional intelligence. And it's saying, how well do you get people? And I understand, I'll just give you an example. Um, that, that like in my office, that there's one girl in my office who all she wants to do, all she wants to do is decorate. Hmm. She's just like, when can I decorate? I want to decorate. Oh man, I want to decorate. When can I decorate? I want to. That's what she's, you know. And then she really loves positive affirmation. There's another guy on my team who all he wants to do is win, win. I want to win. I want to grow. I want to win. Not just have money, but just I want to help our Thrive 15 subscribers. I want to help them. We had a, a guy the other day call who's a funeral home director, and he was able to help him. And that was like his win. He's like, yes, he's growing down there in West Virginia. Yes, West Virginia funeral homes. And I'm like, calm down. People have to die for that business to do well. You know, but that's kind of, I mean, that's, that's his deal. Everyone has their own thing. Yeah. And what you do is if you, if you notice and you look around and you go, the emotional state of this room or these people really matters probably as much as what I'm going to teach them today. The emotional, how their emotional state matters. So what you do is you break it into your five senses. So if you own a business, break, just do it right now. Break it into your five senses and go, how does my office smell? And if it smells neutral, uh-oh. You know, because what happens, I mean, and I'm just telling you as a dude, I, I try to be smell neutral. That, that I Actually, you know, if you're smell neutral as a dude, that means you have some funk. You know, <laughs> you got to get some deodorant going on there. You got to, you know what I mean? But you can't have a, like a, no one wants to work in a, you know, no one wants to go to work at the DMV in a politically correct vanilla office, you know? Yeah. So it has to, how does it smell? Then how does it look? Put your heart on the wall. Put your heart on the wall. Yeah. Your employees want to know you're a real human. Put it on the wall. So if you really, really, really love Tim Tebow or you really, really love Mark Sanchez, I don't know, does anyone like, Mark, if you're listening, I love you, but I don't understand why people would cheer for you. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> but anyway, the thing is, if you love Mark Sanchez, you got to put it up on the wall. You got to own that thing. Our office is cheering upstairs. Yeah. So you got to put that on the wall. You got to put that on the wall. Now, the next thing you have to do, though, is you have to think about you have to get the, 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 the sight, the smell. Then you got to start to say, how does it feel? How does it feel? Like, what's the, when you walk into your building, is there fun music playing? Mm. Or, or is it silence? Because typically silence is uncomfortable. That's why when we go to the doctor's office, we're like, ah, do you know where the coffee is? For some reason, we're whispering mm -hmm. to the front desk lady, excuse me, um, do you know where the coffee is? And when we ask, everyone looks at us like, why are you asking for the coffee? It's supposed to be quiet in the doctor's office. <laughs> you know, so the whole thing is like, you don't want to, if you create an office culture where everyone whispers, then that's your problem. Yeah. And so you got to think about the, the culture. And it's very, very, very important that you think about the emotional state of your audience, of your team, of your people, okay? Final little deep thought as you get into this is the word um, communion, people get into the word communion in a, in a religious sense, and I don't disagree with it, but let's think about that for a second. If you look back at the root of that word, it comes from this idea, okay, it's a common union. It's a common union. Mm. So it's, it's where com in order to communicate, you have to have a common, common union. You have to, everyone in the room has to know the why, they have to connect. And the best way to get everyone on the same page with the mission and the values is to make sure your music, your, your sights, your sounds, your feel, everything is all pointed towards the same direction. Good grief. That's good. It, but you take it so far beyond, and I, I know you're, you're talking about this. We're talking about the same thing. And I think this would go back to the three things you talked about earlier, knowing the why, the KPIs, and what they need to learn to grow yeah. and get to the next thing. Um, because it goes so far beyond just a look and feel around your office. It's not just that you have, and I think that's too many people think, oh, if I just throw a ping pong table in there, that's culture. Oh, uh, no, and I'm going to be honest with you. And I have, I have sold... Uh, 
multiple companies. So I've sold um, four companies. And what's hard is when you sell something, it's your heart. Yeah. And like, I'm just being honest with you. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I hate scooters, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, there's a scooter. One of the businesses I sold, there's a scooter in the office. And I want to break it. And I actually did. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel bad. I took two of them and I broke them and I threw them out in the trash. Because like when I walk into the building and I see scooters, to me that implies jackassery is going on. Yeah. In my mind, I want intensity. I'm like the Tom Brady of business. I'm like the, I just, I want to win. I don't care about your scooters and I don't want a video game system. I don't want ping pong. And someone else listening wants that. Yeah. The cool thing is the new owner likes that and his people like it. Yeah. But when I sold it and the culture changed, it wasn't mine anymore. Yeah. And so he had to create a culture that was his. And I can say, honestly, he's doing great now with his own culture. Yeah. But my culture, I'm like, what is this? A ping pong table in an office? Are you kidding me? I want to break it, set it on fire. Yeah. You know, because I want to work. Yeah. Somebody else, though, that's that's part of their culture. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you want to have a ping pong table and a scooter and that's what you do, then do it. Yeah. But it's got to move towards your goal. Yes. And for him, he wanted to create a fun atmosphere. And that's what worked for him. For me, I wanted to have a culture focused on intensity and over-delivering. It's just different worldviews. But the yes. point is, you, you got to be intentional yeah. because the default's not good. Oh, man, that's good. Uh, we're going to move on here to a little segment we call Rapid Fire. I'm going to throw some things at you. No time to think. Uh, and uh, you just have to answer. So let, let's jump in here. Quick, think fast. Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Favorite band or artist of all time? Uh, I really love John Legend, and I love One Republic. Ryan Tedder, I'm a homer because I went to college with him, but I love it. He How how is he at the Apple event the other day? Uh, well, Ryan, actually, he writes for Beyonce, and he writes for Adele, and he writes for uh, Pharrell, and he writes for all the big artists. But what's fun with Ryan is I got a chance to see him in a dorm room declare that he would become a pop star and literally define specific, measurable, actionable goals. He began sending out demos on such a consistent interval where you're going, what are you doing? And then he says, I'm selling everything and I'm moving to Nashville. And he worked for free, I think, while working at the Pottery Barn. Yeah. Interning for a guy named Timbaland. (laughs) You know? And then people are like, sure, you work for Timbaland. Sure you do. Then he writes a song for Jackie Velasquez, the Christian artist. Yeah. And he writes a song for uh, AJ, the Backstreet Boy guy who couldn't keep off the drugs, you know? He (laughs) writes a song for him. And next thing you know, he's writing a song, Too Late to Apologize. And I love One Republic because if you listen to their album... Um, specifically, they have a song called Counting Stars, which now has become almost cliche because it's played so much. Yeah. But he talks about, you know, lately I've been losing sleep, thinking about the things that we could be lately. You know, I've been I've been praying hard because one day we'll be counting, you know, we won't be chasing dollars, we'll be counting stars. It's all about pursuing your vision mm. as opposed to pursuing the almighty dollar. Yeah. And I, I love, I just love that. And I love John Legend, live from the United Center, orchestral, Check it out on YouTube. It'll make your heart sing. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite song of all time? Uh, the song thing is tough for me because I'm a, just a huge music guy. But I would say Love Never Felt So Good by Michael Jackson with Timberlake. Yes. It puts you in a great mood. Uh, it gets my wife kind of dancing a little bit. And I don't want to take people off the reservation to a dark place. But if you're married right now, just work with me on this. There's nothing better. There's nothing better in the context of marriage than what you do is you're trying to, to, to I'm, not, I'm just being honest with you because we don't talk about this as Christians enough. You want to honor your wife and you want your wife to know that, you pursue, that you're pursuing her and that you desire her and you want to be with her. And it's so important that you do that. 
And that's a, it's a romance rekindle. We get that song on, we're singing along in the car, and it just takes us to a place where we fell in love. We fell in love as a DJ on the dance floor having fun. Yeah. And it takes us back there. And so to me, it's like a, a romance. It's a great song. It has an awesome hook, awesome melody. It just, it's awesome. So if you're married right now, you call your spouse right now and tell them five reasons why you love them. You got to do it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Um, I'm going to go with like... Braveheart, like Invincible, like Shawshank Redemption, like Count of Monte Cristo, like mixing a little Star Wars vroom, with my lightsaber. But the thing is, anything that's an epic journey of yeah. going from I was here yeah. to there, yeah. that idea of overcoming adversity, the true stories yeah. always move me. Yeah. Um, because I, and recently I watched the Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher yes. last year. And Ashton, by the way, looks just like him. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, it's, I thought it was, it's, it's, it's almost, you're going, that's kind of creepy, you know, Carl. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, they put a dead body on the screen. You have a friend named Carl? No. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, no, listen, the key to good comedy is you joke about situations we can relate to, but you don't want to use real people's names if you're talking about weird That's stuff. That's fair. Okay? That's fair. You, you took me to a dark place. Sorry. But the point is, so the thing is, is that, that Zeep Jobs, you learned so much because he made a lot of mistakes. We yeah. had a lot of successes. Yeah. And mentorship is all about learning from mistakes of other people. So you don't have them yourself. Yeah. When you study real life success stories, you can your life can can change in such a positive way. Man, that's so good. Uh, Pursuit of happiness. You love that one. Pursuit of happiness is phenomenal. I want to tell you about, about Pursuit of Happiness. Um, that movie. Um, there was a guy I used to work with with an insurance company who was really struggling in sales, and I said, "Watch Pursuit of Happiness tonight. I will pay you a hundred dollars." He got the red box. I said, "I'll pay a hundred dollars." He watches it. He calls me the next day. From that point forward, his whole life's different. Wow. I mean, just, he goes, that movie changed my life. I thought I was working hard and going through some stuff. But when I saw that movie, it changed my life. So if you're looking for that pick-me-up today, I definitely recommend you check that out. Whew. That's good stuff. That is a phenomenal movie. Uh, this one I know is going to be tough for you. Favorite book? Uh, yeah, my fa my favorite book is uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes, uh, Winning by uh, Jack Welch, uh, you know, Purple Cow by Seth Godin. And, uh, you know, that's really kind of my favorite book. Yeah, so favorite books. <laughs> oh, I thought Which, you said books. Well, well I will oh, say this, though. Oh. I will say this, though. Think and Grow Rich is hands down the book you talk about the most. Yeah. Um, and you named your son after the author. Yeah, and the, th the thing about thinking you're rich, why it's so powerful, is that um, I have really bad vision. I see 2100 out of my right eye. I see 2020 out of my left. It's just a bizarre deal. But what happens is, is that when I put glasses on for the first time, I remember going, I can see clearly now. There's a wonderful song. It says, I can see clearly now. The rain is gone, you know? Uh, and it's basically, I can see past all the obstacles in my way because it's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Well, what am I talking about? What I'm talking about is that that book allows you to look past where you're at and to look where you, you need to be. And then it gives you a specific path yeah. to get there. And it changed my life. It changed who I hung out with. I mean, today, I just give you an example. And these, these names probably don't mean much to you if you're listening all around the world, but I want to help you. Um, in the last 48 hours, I've talked to uh, Dr. Robert Zellner. He's one of my partners. I've talked to Sean, Copen, uh, Sean Copeland. Uh, he's one of our partners, and he's the CEO of Regent Bank. And I talked to Clifton Talbert, and I've talked to my staff. And that's about it. 
my life is better for having known those people. Yeah. Dr. Zellner wants me to be an awesome husband. Sean wants me to be an awesome business guy, awesome husband. When you have those kind of people in your life mentoring you, yeah. it changes your life. And I had the idea to change who I hang around from Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. And for everybody listening, if you're hearing a noise upstairs, that's culture going on. That's some culture. That's real life culture. Our office is having some sort of Monday marination sort of ceremony that's now worked its way into Friday. And now it's the Friday fabulousness. <laughs> That's incredible. All right, final one. Favorite quote of all time? Um, or quotes since book turned into books? Yeah, I would just say that if you, vision without execution is hallucination uh, by Thomas Edison because um, it, it speaks to the, the, the positive and the negative. The positive is if you have a vision, you can't, you know, he talks about in this book, if you read Thomas Edison, he says knowledge without application is meaningless. He also talks about how that uh, uh, per, uh, he talks about success is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying is if you have a big idea, you can do it if you have 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. Yeah. But you can't do it if you're not willing to apply or if, you, if you're just having these visions. And I think that's the one thing that I would encourage everybody today as you're, as you're listening. I would encourage you, be diligent. God says he blesses the hand of the diligent. Just look it up today. Just look at little Proverbs, little diligence quotes. You'll see them in there. Yeah. But I, he blesses the hand of the diligent. And so it doesn't even make logical sense to just run around with a new idea. You've got to yeah. be diligent. Um, this is an awesome podcast, and I want to encourage you guys because uh, I was recently featured on Entrepreneurs on Fire, uh, the one by uh, John Lee Dumas. It's, and he makes millions of dollars a year doing it. Yeah. And he talks about how he's like on episode 1,000 whatever it is. Well, I mean, the level of professionalism you guys are putting into producing this podcast, I wish you guys could see it, but these guys are on it. I mean, they, you, the way, what you do, Jared, you, you, you guys go through and you prep and you prepare and you do that work and no one sees those seeds you're sowing. Yeah. But we can't stop, so we can't stop sowing. And we can't, we, once we sow the seeds, we got to keep watering. Mm -hmm. And as you guys water this podcast, I can see clearly that in 60 months from now, 60 months, because you got to have the five-year idea, 60 months from now, you're going to have a business that's going to be just completely thriving all over the world because of those seeds you're sowing right now. And yeah. that's what I, I encourage everybody listening to do is just keep sowing those seeds, keep watering those things because you're going to get your harvest. Man, this is all free, people. Um, okay, so Clay, uh, let, let's do this real quick. Give us a plug uh, for Thrive15.com. This is something that all of our listeners need to go check out. Yeah, if you want to um, start a business, uh, grow a business, if you're going, I want to start a company. I don't know how. I want to start a company. I, I want to grow my company. I, I, my company's stuck. It can't grow. I want to advance in my career. You know, I'm just, I've worked at this job and I can't seem to get promoted. What is the deal? And maybe you're not an angry person. Maybe you're just going in a more of a philosophical way. I would like to start a business. <laughs> would like to grow a business. You know, maybe you're that guy. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. I don't know. But if you want to start a business, grow a business, or advance in your career, I promise you that Thrive is 10 times better than any, did he say any, any business school, but at 1% of the cost. It is $50 a month. And if you're in the military or you ever were in the military or you are married to someone who is, it, it's free for you. So wow. I'm just telling it's free. So the big thing I want to encourage you is get on, on, the, get on there right now. Yeah. It's 30 days free for all your listeners. They just go to thrive15.com. 
put in the promo code CLAY, and commit to taking 15 minutes a day. We've already done the research. We had a guy just the other day from Cornell University who said, I've learned more on Thrive in the past two weeks than I learned in the entirety of my business program I spent 100 grand on. Wow. We had a lady in Columbia, or a guy in Columbia, and uh, he, he reaches out to us, and he, uh, his name is Augustine. Augustine, what's up? In Columbia, he says, I was on Thrive, and I've increased my sales this year in the last four months up by $20,000. Oh, my gosh. Which for him is like a 20% increase. It's huge. Yeah. So... You can absolutely learn what you need to know to grow and to do it. Yeah. And we worked with Lee Cockerell to build a time management system up there. Who was on the podcast. He actually kicked off our podcast. So oh. the, those of you in the church world, you know who Lee Cockerell is. This, His see, stuff that, is phenomenal. See, this, is, this is the sort of negative. I can't handle this sort of rejection. This is like, <laughs> hey, Clay, we, we interviewed Michael Jordan, and now we're going to have you on. Um, <laughs> no, you're, Michael's, Michael's going to be prime time, 5 p.m., 6 p.m. on Thursday, drive time. And then you're, we're going to have a slot for you at 1 a.m. <laughs> On Tuesday, <laughs> um, and then it's a, it's a test. It's a test. Your mother will be listening. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. you guys start with Lee Cockrell. Well, your mother will you, be listening. I'm just saying, you guys have the heavy hitters on here. Yeah. You guys aren't messing around. I encourage your listeners. You got to dial in. You got to each week. You got to get on here. You got to download this. You got to re-listen to them because this podcast is game changing. It's unbelievable. You got to you got to you got you to stay on here. It's awesome. So go to thrive15.com, enter the promo code CLAY. You get 30 days free to try it out. There's 50 bucks a month. I'm telling you, whether you want to start a business or not, this will help your leadership. This will help you grow. This will help you grow your department. You need to go check this out. Clay, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, maybe for some consulting, come have you speak, what's the best way to do that? If you email info at thrive15.com, info at thrive15.com, or one thing that's awesome is if you'll Google me, what you'll find is anything that's bad that's written about me, it's probably true. Anything that's good, it's probably PR. So you just Google. <laughs> I encourage you to trust but verify. No, I'm being serious yeah. though. Tr- check it out because we've been able to help the guy who started Sky Vodka, you know, uh, Maurice Canbar. We helped him flip his downtown Tulsa investments. Uh, I've worked with now a couple NBA players. I've worked with cosmetic surgeons. And it just sounds kind of Forrest Gumpy. It sounds like... You haven't done that. That's a bunch of bunk. Just Google it. Just check yeah. it out. And yeah. I encourage you guys to do your research because we're here to bless you. And if you're if you're if you're uh, if you're listening and you have a church and you want to bring in a speaker, we have scholarship dollars available. We can come speak to you guys pro bono. Oh wow! For businesses, um, we have scholarship dollars available. We can do it at a reduced cost. It's not about the money at this point in my life. It's about blessing you and helping you get where you want to go. So don't feel financially limited. Like I don't qualify. I don't have the money. Guys, I, I was on food stamps, and I'm, I'm here because I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, you're somebody who, uh, you probably started off maybe at a higher place than where I was at, or maybe you started in a worse place. I don't know. But I know that you are on this planet for a purpose, and God has put you here right now listening to this podcast for a reason. And that reason, I, I don't know what that is, but I know there's a reason. I know we can help you get there. Go check it out, folks. Info at thrive15.com. Go check out thrive15.com. Clay, can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I hate to do this because it's unprofessional, but thank you once again for listening to the Black Sheep podcast here. The Black Sheep? I feel like it's Black Sheep. I feel you're kind of a Black Sheep, and I hate to throw you under the bus there at the end, but uh, I feel like I've been sort of sabotaged with all these quick-fire questions. So I just want to get that in there. One. Mentioning me after Lee Cockerell, Black Sheepers. Meh. Roman, I feel like I say this every podcast. Yeah. But that interview was incredible. It was, and you feel like you say that because you do say that every podcast. <laughs> because it is incredible. It was, it, man. It was such. It was such a good interview. Uh, this is a, this was a little bit longer of an interview than we normally do, 
but it literally it flew by so fast sitting there with him. What I love about Clay is that he can, because there, there's a lot of times where I can just tune out when it gets too informational. Yeah. Or but he's just so so easy to listen to. Yeah. And. Uh, makes such great, compelling points that right. I, just, I could listen to him talk for for all day. Yeah. yeah, and all the stuff that wasn't wasn't planned that he got into, like the scorecard for your employees, knowing the why, the KPIs, and what do I need to learn to get to that next thing. Man, I loved this interview. I'm gonna have to listen to this one time and time again, uh, just to absorb everything that he talked about. Uh, once again, thank you all so much for joining us on the show today. If you could go over to iTunes, uh, hit yeah. subscribe if you're not already. That way you stay up to date. We're going to be releasing these podcasts uh, the first and third Mondays of the month. Yeah, I don't know if you got that. First and third Monday, we're putting a podcast out. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And while you're there, hey, leave us a review. Yeah, you could even use a fake name if you want. Yep. And as always, you can join the conversation on Instagram and Twitter at creative underscore sheep. And you can find us on Facebook, Creative Sheep. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Once again, thank you all so much for joining us today. And we'll see you next time.